0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, Reverend Samuel Rodriguez.
1: We're defined by the likes of many. Like, 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 like. And we do. We post things to get like. We say things to get like, 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 like. Like, 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 like. We're obsessed with likes. You're not defined by the likes of many. You're defined by the love of one. Yes. Yes.
0: Faith catches fire, next.
2: Well, I'm telling you, uh, Sammy, we're going to try to fire you up because you're talking about. I'm James Robinson, by the way. This is my life This is life today. And we got Sammy Rodriguez with us. And he's got a book called When Faith Catches Fire. And I've I've known Sammy for, you know, more than 10 years, up close and personal. And uh he's caught fire. And if faith catches fire in the church. The church going somewhere. Would you welcome Sammy Rodriguez to life today? Thank you. Sammy, I didn't, I didn't give all of your uh, accomplishments and credentials. I didn't tell everybody on TV about being over nearly a half million Hispanic churches in a leadership role around the world. I didn't tell them about 41,000 churches here in the U.S., the most powerful impact group probably in evangelical Christianity, Latinos, and Hispanics. But that's who you are. But who you really are is somebody that has written about something that I think has happened to you. I feel like your faith somewhere caught fire. Did it?
1: Indeed. For, and by the way, another descriptor would be your Hispanic spiritual son. Uh, what? Now? Your Hispanic spiritual son. So that's, that's critical. Without a doubt. He calls me up and says, "Daddy James, Daddy James, and Mama Betty." You know, it's Mama Betty. it caught fire, and and it's and it's this idea of what happens if we we don't drink the Kool-Aid and we actually embrace the reality that we stand at the precipice of the greatest awakening this nation has yet to experience what if in the midst of this great turmoil and darkness, we are about to see the church shine like never before. I pray it. And I believe that. I don't think it's a coincidence. I believe that. I mean, I know we're living in difficult times, but if our faith catches fire, it's not just for a revival or an awakening in a local church. It's where the fire will impact every sphere of society, where culture and media and business, and even the political world will be impacted by the fire of a church that is committed to the centrality of Christ and the Word of God. So I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. I am believing that we will see a fresh outpouring of God's grace and spirit like America has never seen before.
2: And we won't just be preaching, we won't just be preaching the Word or the Gospel are defending the Word, will be demonstrating the power of the Word in our lives, like those Christians that showed up in Acts 17 that have turned the world upside down. For us today, it would be turning an upside down world, flying inverted right side up, and they proclaim another king other than Caesar. And other, There's one Lord, one God, and that's what the church proclaims on fire. Am I right about that? Absolutely,
1: but it's, a, it's what I would call the five H's. It's a holy church. Holiness matters. Biblical righteousness, 1 Peter one sixteen is a healed church, 1 Peter 2, 24. It's a healthy church, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. It's a happy church, but not in the sense that happiness is the quintessential metric, but rather that we should be a joyful church, John 15, 11. We shouldn't be depressed Christians. We are the good news people, not the sad news people, not the bad news people. So it should be a happy church and a humble church, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, which means what you have stated on so many occasions that changed my life, that statement. Go beyond asking God to answer your prayer. This is a James Robinson statement that changed my life. Ask God to make you the answer to someone else's prayer. When I first heard that statement come from you, revolutionized my life. And I and I, I strive to live it every single day of the week. So that's the kind of church that will emerge. A holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble church. And Lord's don't you church. think the time, the setting is right for us not to as Christians to back down, to step back, but to be, step forward and to be bold in humility, but to be bold for Christ. Well, Dorothy, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> Hey, we're we're living in some crazy times. This is going to sound facetious. Do not be surprised if tomorrow morning someone wakes up and says, from this moment on, I believe that 2 plus 2 is (laughs) 5. And unless you believe it, you're intolerant and bigoted. Because I believe 2 plus 2 is 5. And who are you to tell me (laughs) 2 plus 2 is not (laughs) 5? And if we say 2 plus 2 is 4, how dare you? You're so myopic in your thinking. You're so archaic and Never so mind. rigid. How Never dare mind. you? you we, we, it's moral relativism. Everything is fluid, there is no truth. We are the church. It's the time for kumbaya, comfortable Christianity has come to an end. Right. That season is over. That's right. It really is over. Yep. And, and it, Again, it doesn't mean we're angry either. It's not angry evangelicalism or Christianity. No, we're loving people, but we're gonna speak truth with love. Yes, yes. I'm gonna tell you the truth with a smile. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you you're about to go to hell if you don't repent. <laughs> <laughs> with a smile. That's it. <laughs> with a smile. But we have to speak truth. Because we live, in again, in a time of great, unbridled relativism and cultural decadence and spiritual apathy and to a great degree even Ecclesiastical lukewarmness, so the issue is a lukewarm church, a complacent church, a comfortable church But if we stand up and speak truth with love we can change this we can push back darkness by turning on the light of Christ This obsession that we have with with being liked (laughs) quenches the fire We're defined by the likes of many. Like, 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 (laughs) like, like. And we do, we post things to get like, we say things (laughs) to get like, 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 like. Like, 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 We're obsessed with likes. You're not defined by the likes of many, you're defined by the love of one. Yes, yes. In Spanish, the word fire is fuego. So in that book, I speak about how there's this emerging, the fastest growing religious and ethnic demographic in America is the Latino faith community, the born-again Bible-believing Christ-centered community. It's the fastest growing demographic. It's, it will be, according to certain re, uh, certain stats, by 2050 would be the largest segment of American Christianity. And, and why are we here? And I do believe that this community, this Fuego community, this and this community, I said Fuego. Um, This Fuego community is here not to be myopic or create a silo of this brand new. I really do believe there's a reconciliatory anointing upon the Latino church to bring people together. Mm -hmm. Really, because we're black and we're white and we're brown. So we really are. We're white, black, and brown. We have all the colors. We're there. We're We're the walking UA, you name it, we're there. And the only thing that keeps us together, we're not even a race by the way, we're an ethnicity. So what keeps us together is the language. So right now, America is suffering to great racial angst again, and it breaks my heart because my two heroes, other than Christ, as it pertains to my ideology and other than biblical truth, would be Billy Graham and Dr. King. And when I was 14 years old, believe it or not, I wrote down my mission to reconcile Billy Graham's message with Dr. King's march. I want to reconcile the message of salvation through Christ By alone. the grace of God you will With a march for biblical justice. Mm-hmm. And now I'm seeing so many things that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And all I want to do is serve as a, a medium of reconciliation. I want to bring people together. The, the, the fragmentation comes from the pit of hell. There's a reason why the devil would love to keep us separated and apart. There's a strategy yeah. behind that. Not only in secular society or in collective, the uh, collective American experience, but even in the church. We have people in the church now divided yeah. over political issues. Yeah. It's, it's just heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. A divided church will never heal a broken nation. Yeah.
2: That's right. That's right. That's
1: right. We need to be one, John 17, 21. A united church is the answer to America's malaise. And let me say this respectfully, what America needs right now is not more Republicans or Democrats. We don't need more elephant people or donkey people. We need more followers of the lamb. We need Jesus people. We need Bible people. We need loving people. We need holy people. We need truth telling people.
2: All I can say is thank you God. Sammy you're here for such a time as this. And what you just said is so true. And here's what I want you to understand that's very important. The reason there's so much divorce in the world and in families and so much division in the nation and in Congress is we've tolerated that division and even built that division among Christians. Yes. When we disagree in the church, just like now with marriages, we divide and divorce. We don't discuss and reconcile and seek truth. When we disagree now the uh, typical approach is destroy the opposition. Not people who are heretics and want to destroy the faith, which we have to expose, but people who simply see it differently, or they're simply mistaken. We've got to learn how to sit down. You have been in this area with the leading church leaders in the country, right? more than once in this studio when we brought in the most significant church leaders. Am I exaggerating? don't no. right. know. You've watched them sit in here in peace. You've watched people that in the past, if one of them had been on fire, they wouldn't spit on them to put it out. That's how much they disliked each other. You watched them sit here, and I mean, even Robbie Zacharias sat right here by me <laughs> when we were talking. And Robbie texted me afterwards that he had just seen a miracle, and he's been all over the world. He was watching Christian leaders come together. Some, are you amazed at what you have witnessed even in the interaction we've had with leaders? It's un- Unprecedented. That's a
1: strong term, but it really is historically unprecedented. I have never seen that level of cohesion and unity, even of different denominational streams that 20 years ago would would call each other heretics.
2: Oh yeah! And here they are holding hands, and they're not compromising one biblical truth. Absolutely. They are looking at things, understanding that in fact, listen to this: iron sharpens iron. Now this is how you sharpen iron: two knives. I'm illustrating here. You don't sharpen knives like this. It's friction. It requires friction. If you know how to sharpen a knife. You really understand it, when you put oil in the process, it gets finer and keener, and the process is smoother. If we put the of the Holy Spirit in supernatural necessary discussions where differences involved and quit coming together, butting heads and both sides go away duller and the whole church is divided and defeated and the world divided and defeated. If we'll hone, and that's what we've watched. We've watched great leaders, brilliant minds, people with great convictions, know the word of God, believe the word of God, hold up the word of God, defend the word of God, declare it and live it. And they begin to discuss. And all of a sudden what happens to us? We all become keener. That could happen to Congress. If the church would show them how to make it happen that can happen to our nation's leaders I think that's what faith on fire will do. I think that's why you're here I think that's why God brought us together. Do do you and I have an absolute undeniable oneness in spirit? Absolutely Undeniable and we're watching that spread but it begins with that intentional commitment of being one. Yes
1: That, That that prayer that the prayer that Jesus made in John 17 must be studied Father, make them one as you and I are one. His desire, his Mm -hmm. prayer is for us to be one. Biblical unity, holy unity, spirit uh, sustained unity. Look, I've I've discussed it in very few programs I've been on because it's so divisive. As you well know, because you were instrumental in that and I know that, but as you well know, this past January I participated in a certain ceremony that took place in a certain city, in a certain nation. Yeah, on a certain building. <laughs> on a certain building, a big building, <laughs> right? So I, I got pushed back because before I went on, be, and again I was. Boy, I, you I, just prayed the gospel. You no, prayed but it that d- before that, I was my by, by friends of mine. Don't do it. Don't. Listen, I was there for for George W. Bush. God placed me there. I mean, they, don't blame me. I'm a, I'm a kid from <laughs> Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I didn't knock on any door going, "Can I please speak to Carl Rove? No. <laughs> I, I actually asked Carl Rove one time, "How in the world did I get to being here with the president?" And he said, I have, "He said, son, I'm having a steak dinner with Carl Rove, and he's going, I have no idea, Samuel." <laughs> <laughs> so I, he has no idea how I got there. I just got a call from him. I want you, and then with, even with President Obama, brought me in, and I was with him. So this president calls me in and says, "I want you to participate in my swearing-in ceremony," and people say, "You shouldn't." I, how did I finish that prayer? Even with with the church, even with leaders in the church telling me, don't do it, it's not about the political ideology or the party. I have a chance to lift up the name that is above every other name.
2: Yes, yes, (laughs) right. And that's what we do faithfully.
1: You follow that? Absolutely. And and so I wrapped up my declaration with what? I said respectfully, in the name of Jesus, 1.1 billion people around the world, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And they asked me, did you do that intentionally to bother people of a certain political stream? And I went like, no, I'm an event, evangel- I'm a born-again Christian. I believe that when I mentioned that name, this is gonna sound weird to some. Every double demon legion, principality, <laughs> and power of darkness will tremble at the mention of that name. Because believe it or not, there's still power in the name of Jesus. It still works. There's still power in that name.
2: Oh my goodness, dear God. <laughs> and you know what? Here's what's sad. You know, we are we are ordered by Scripture to pray for all those in authority. Yes. But if you dare say publicly you're praying for particular ones in authority, you'll be stoned. And if you dare to ever say you actually went and prayed with them, how could you ever be in the same room with Sacrilegious. them? Sacrilegious. How dare you? <laughs> But we're called to pray. This, this is how sick we are when we get away from the word of God and the love of God. And we start turning in the traditions of men as the commands of God. We get what fleshly men produce, and it is basically rotten to the core when you leave the creator and God out of it. When faith catches fire. By the way, that's good preaching even in a, in a Spanish church. And, <laughs> and, and Spanish I, and, church.
1: Right that was good preaching and, right and Sunday in my Spanish campus, it will be. That's <laughs> <laughs> a different story. When faith <laughs> catches fire, believe it or not, it compels us to do to go beyond the fear-mongering and the intimidation and the quasi-bullying taking place and to be so driven mm-hmm. by conviction. Again, and love. And, but, but it's truth and love, truth and love. Absolutely. It, it just can't be love. If someone's about to fall over a cliff, don't yell, I love you. <laughs> it's, you're about to fall over the cliff, I'll hug you after, I save you. My point is, it's uh. not hyper-tolerance, and it's unbridled, sort of fleshly. It's biblical love with biblical truth coming together. That's our clarion call. So I believe when faith catches fire, we're going to do that. We're going to make that happen. At the end of the day, I know what Acts 12, chapter 12 says. We have a bunch of uh, soldiers surrounding Peter, 16 surrounding a fisherman when they arrested him. When Herod had him arrested, six. Did you ever ask yourself why would 16 men? surround a fisherman, because for whatever reason, there was an expectancy of a breakout. They had He had a repute from it, the man he worked for. <laughs> 16, sometimes the enemy has higher expectations for us than we do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the world sees something in us that and the enemy that we don't even see in ourselves. The reason why there's so much pushback and melees and darkness, personally or even corporately, is because there's great purpose for this generation for this nation, for you and your family. So you can measure the size of that purpose based on the level of the magnitude of the darkness against you. So let's rise up and shine Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's let that faith catch fire, in
2: the Nombre de Jesus. And I'm telling you that, that, I mean, Sam and I get to watch this up close and personal. We get to see the impossible situations changed. People that you would think could never be touched by the Word of God. And by the power of God and the gospel, we're watching them transformed by it. Feed my sheep. There's no end to what I can do when I feel you to overflowing, which is exactly what he wants to do with every one of us. That's when faith catches fire. The book's in the bookstores. I hope you'll get it. I hope you'll get a copy for a friend. And I hope you and your friends and everybody you know catch fire because we're watching what the power of God can do. Would you say thanks to Sammy Rodriguez Sammy, I want you to to watch with me. Our missionaries all over the world, and you know, there have been times when we've had over 4,000 missionaries that we're overseeing and leading and caring for in Africa alone. But when these missionary overseers, the ones oversight, say we've got to have some vehicles, we need some transportation, and they've told us right now, we did not expect this, but they say we're facing a serious challenge. We have to have 71 vehicles of different types, or we're not going to be able to continue the work. That means a million dollars and over that we did not anticipate, but they're telling us it's urgent. So I'm telling you, the missionaries have said, James, if you tell the people who watch life today, they'll share life today. That's confidence, not only in you, but in God getting through and spilling out his love through you. They believe that. Watch closely.
3: You know, James and Betty have built a tremendous team of caring hearts across the globe that are touching and saving a lot of lives. But now the greatest frustration that I hear being expressed by mission partners and in my own ministry is the ability to be able to transport those resources to others who are in need. We need vehicles so that we can move food. We need vehicles so that we can deliver shoes and put them on little kids' feet. We need vehicles so that we can drill the water wells in the remote areas. Operation Transport Life helps me as a missionary and other missionaries worldwide go the distance. Well, this is no sports vehicle. This is a tool of the gospel. Our teams are using motorcycles like this to go out into the villages and share You may not believe it, but they can actually put boxes and take speakers and the projector. They're efficient, effective tools for the gospel, taking the story of Jesus and his love. It's a beautiful thing. My team and I work very hard to bring water for life in Jesus' name in Liberia. However, we are faced with many challenges getting to remote communities uh, where we work. And whenever this truck breaks down, We are not able to bring clean water for them to drink. When we don't have the adequate transportation to get the resources that we have into people who need them, the outcome is people die. James and Betty have built this tremendous team of caring people worldwide. And I'm asking you to help them with their transportation needs. We need transportation to be able to extend life-saving love to children all over the world. Please give Operation Transport Life.
2: Well, you know, I can't even begin to tell you how important that is. I was looking at all those different modes of transportation. You may think the motorcycle, in many instances, they weren't near that nice that they have, and they don't always have to have a real nice bike, just a motorbike. But I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that somewhere between 10 and 15 million people have accepted Christ were the only means of getting the message of Jesus to the people in the film, Ocean of Mercy, The Life of Christ. Was by taking it on a motorbike or a motorcycle. I said 10 to 15 million people who found Christ. That was the mode, And then when you think of all of the millions of people who've been saved as we drill drill 5,000 water wells, we're not asking for drilling rigs. We'd be having to ask for a whole lot more money. You gave those last year, you've given them other times. But a lot of times we have to get drilling equipment to the drilling rigs. They need various trucks for that. And then we need to carry the children that we have rescued who are about to be sexually trafficked or we've actually gotten them out of the trafficking situations. You've actually built secure compounds that even the predators can't get back in to take back what they call their property so you you've gone the second mile in every way and so for the missionaries to say look we just need some transportation would would you just take it at face value Betty and I are not going to exaggerate and the missionaries are going to exaggerate we're not if we tell you we've got an emergency need that we didn't even expect I'm telling the truth and we've got a matter of days just a very short period of time that we need to raise this extra million dollars so I'm asking you right now go get your bank card or get your checkbook be prepared to write a check to life or call and use that bank card like a check But let's give all these 71 various modes of transportation to meet the request and the needs of the missionary for the sake of the gospel. This is not a small thing. We need a miracle, Father. Mm -hmm. Let each person watching be a part of this miracle answer to prayer for these missionaries. We not only want to say love. we love the people that they're going Mm after to reach, but Lord, we want to let the missionaries know we love them. They planted their lives many times in the midst of hell and always in the midst of suffering and need. So God let us encourage them by the way our our viewers give today all over the world in Jesus' name. I mean, give as though it depends upon you. Whether it's an $80 gift or $120 gift or $1,000, whatever it is, we've got special gifts that our staff always, they say we want to give a thank you to bless people spiritually. Sweetest name. These are the hymns, the greatest of all, and the story, the history in the book that told how they came to be written. And the source or condition in which they were written in the times and then also and this is fantastic. This is a large print Bible. I don't know why we just came up with it after I had eye search <laughs> and have 2020 vision again. Because I'm telling you, some of these Bibles, you know, only had readers, you had to get a magnifying glass. This is phenomenal. And uh, we want to send it to say thank you. Those of you who give $120, boy, that's a, that's a special gift. And then we have the beautiful eagle. I think it's one of the absolute most beautiful bronzes that I have ever seen in my life. We call it a determined eagle determined to soar on the turbulence of the times and the challenges of the day. And you give a gift of over $1,000. We wanna send this to you to say thank you for your support. Thank you so very much. Right now, go to the website, take your bank card, go to the phone. If you write a check though, tell us what you're sending or use the bank card like a check, all right? Thank you so much for doing it. Thanks for making that gift. Thanks for giving life.
0: It's a missionary's nightmare, having life-saving relief supplies in your hand and no way to get it to those who are suffering. Some of the vehicles so vital to our outreaches are completely worn out and must be replaced. And in some critical areas, no transportation is available at all. Life's mission partners have immediate and urgent needs to transport life-saving supplies to children and families in remote locations an additional $1.1 million is needed to purchase 71 vehicles, large and small. Your gift of $40, $80, $120, or $1,000 will help purchase these vehicles and provide life-saving food, clean water, medicine, and the good news of Jesus to people in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request The Sweetest Name, Classic Hymns CD with a booklet containing the history behind the hymns for all 12 songs. With your gift of $120 or more, please request the NIV Supergiant Print Reference Bible, ideal for anyone looking for a Bible that's gentle on the eyes. Finally, please prayerfully consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help transport life. And you may request our beautiful Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online.
2: You know, I find it such a a joy to be able to share with you, not only the heart and desire and need of missionaries, but I think the heart of God, the heart of our Father God, because we have a chance to express His heart, to extend His hands. We can put the arms of God around a whole world that He loves, and we can only do it by doing it together. Thank you for your help. Samuel Rodriguez is a man on fire. He's my brother. He's my son. We are one in Christ. I love him beyond words. This is a phenomenal book. And uh, if you help us provide these vehicles and you say, would you mind sending me that book? We'll be glad to. I hope you'll encourage your friends to get it. I hope you'll go online or go to the bookstore. Get one for somebody you know that you think just might catch fire. Join Betty and me saying thanks to Sammy. Thank you, Betty.
1: Love, I love you. Thank you, Betty. I
2: love you. Thank you.
1: I can get up off the couch, and instead of watching the culture crumble, I want to be involved and help shape the future for our kids.
0: Kirk Cameron, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.